On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we start to preview the KU basketball season. We're going to dive deep into the guards and wings specifically. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked on Jayhawks. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well on Rock Chalk Sports Talk from 3 to 6 on KLWN in Lawrence from Monday through Friday. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And on today's edition of Locked on Jayhawks, obviously no football game to recap with KU having a bye week. It is the first week of KU basketball, sort of exhibition game against Pitt State on Thursday. Obviously, we'll do a little look ahead later in the show to the KU-Oklahoma State game on the football field, and we'll spend plenty more time on that over the course of the week. But we're going to start diving into some of the position previews. We're going to do a guards and wing preview today. We're going to have our big man preview coming up later in the week here. And I guess the first thing that sticks out, when you look at the guards and wings, how is this team going to play for Kansas in the 2022 to 23 season? Obviously last year it was mostly wing oriented. KU brought in Remy Martin as a transfer and with the way that Dwan Harris was earning trust and uh, ended up being a starter for really the, the full part of the season and whatnot for KU, you figured that when all was said and done, Remy Martin and Dwan Harris were going to be a starting backcourt together, but that didn't end up being the case. Sure. You saw lineups where both were on there, and at the end of the season, we saw that happen uh, for a good chunk of time during the NCAA tournament. But over the long haul, and for the most of what KU did last season, it was one guard, either Dewan Harris or Remy Martin, and three wings, and then a big man with usually David McCormick or Mitch Lightfoot in there. And we've seen kind of the gradual progression of Bill Self as a coach, where you look at him in his early years at Kansas, he's playing two bigs next to each other. And then uh, you have kind of the evolution of him playing four out, but him playing kind of two lead guards with like Frank Mason next to Devontae Graham or on and on and on down the list of lead guards that have been next to each other for KU. And he's always just kind of adjusted to whatever is best for that specific team with that version of personnel or where the college game is going or where he can find success, where you bring in recruits. And last year, it was obviously wing oriented when your two best players were Ochag Baji and Christian Brown. And you also had you know, Jalen Wilson on the team that you're going to play a lot of those wings all next to each other. And this year, it's going to be kind of similar. Like the best players on KU this season, the best position is their wing position. You could argue that KU has the best wing position in the entire country because you have Jalen Wilson, who's a Big 12 player of the year, All-American candidate. Kevin McCuller is going to be an All-Big 12 candidate this season. And then you bring in your two McDonald's All-American wings with Grady Dick, who sounds like he's going to be able to hit the ground running, and MJ Rice, who so far it sounds like you know might be taking him a little bit longer, but the potential is still really, really high for a guy like MJ Rice. And then you have KJ Adams, too, who we saw more so as a small ball five last season, but he's kind of a three, four, five-man hybrid and can be an elite defender and do a lot of small things for you. So you are loaded at the wing position. Now, if we're lumping this together with the guards as well, you know, you you add in how they want to play. I think we look to the fact that you have all that personnel and say, okay, they're mostly going to play three wings, which means we're not going to see a ton of, doesn't mean we won't see any of it, of the two lead guard lineups that we've seen for a lot of other seasons with Bill Self at the helm. And I do think we will see it for certain chunks. Dewan Harris is going to be a rock out there. 
uh, whether it's Bobby Pettiford or Joe Yesfu. Sounds like Yesfu is more of the off-ball guy. Who knows, maybe even a guy like Kyle Cuff. We're going to see a chunk of time, I think, devoted, especially in the early going and part of the rotation, that maybe you do play 5, 10, 15 minutes a game with those two guards next to each other. But I think the overwhelming majority of what KU is going to play, you're going to see one lead guard with three wings on the court. Again, you'll see a little bit of both, but the majority will feature kind of the latter there with what KU wants to do. And there's certainly interesting positions because you look at the the lead guard spot, Dewan Harris going to gobble up a bunch of those and a majority of those positions. So it's trying to figure out who's going to be the backup point guard. Sounds like Bobby Pettiford has the edge there, but who knows? Maybe Joe Yesifu or Kyle Cuff could work into that. Again, mentioned Yesifu might be more of a kind of off ball there. Then you look at the wing possession, like Jalen Wilson is going to play a ton of minutes for this team. Is he going to mostly play at the four, which we saw from him last year and in the year before, mostly saw him as kind of a four and even at times a five? Or could we see him at certain times even being a three and having like KJ Adams at the four for this team? Because when you think about Jalen Wilson in the pros, he might have to be uh, a three man, depending on on what happens there. Uh, Obviously, KU, you know, you do owe it to your players to try to maximize their potential and try to get them into the NBA. But Bill Self isn't going into every game saying, hey, well, I'm just, you know, performing this or doing this in the, the game plan or scouting X's nose, whatever, just to get this guy drafted. No, he's trying to win games and trying to bring a title to KU. Um, and then you have Kevin McCuller, who's kind of a mix between he can be like a backup point guard or he can be a wing. Like with Grady Dick, is he more of a two? Is he more of a guy who can play the four with his size? Same with MJ Rice. Like he's six foot five but he's built like a linebacker. Could he play the four? So you have a lot of guys that can fit into different positions, and that's the beauty of playing with all the different wings. It gives you flexibility, gives you a bunch of different options with guarding, with switching on the defensive end, and it gives you a lot of opportunity to get out in the open court and transition because you have a bunch of guys on the floor all at once who have the ability to grab and go, to grab a rebound and start the break, whether that's them leading the break and passing to someone else, whether it's them leading the break and scoring Whatever it is, it just gives you a lot of options, and I think Bill Self enjoyed that last season, and we're going to see kind of a continuation of that a little bit this season. But as far as the position groups go, since we basically narrowed this into the guards slash wings versus the big men, which we'll do later this week, this is certainly the position they feel more comfortable about, that you feel like you know a little bit more about, even though there still are certain questions about who's going to fit in where, how many minutes are they going to play, uh, you know, could a guy like MJ Rice or or maybe a second guard like Bobby Pettiford or Joe Yasufu work into a bigger role, maybe even a starting role later in the season? Like all those are are valid questions and whatnot, but you have more confidence, I think, right now and more knowns than maybe you do at the big man spot for this specific position at this point in time at the beginning of the year for KU. I want to get into some superlatives with this position group coming up. The best, the best new X factor, biggest surprise, some questions like that. We're also going to do a Quick look ahead to the Oklahoma State football game for KU this Saturday. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, college football, college basketball, and golf. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more, and you can get in on the action before the season starts. You can get 
They have, you know, pregame futures on KU to win the title. If you think they can go back to back, you can get in on the college football action today as KU only projected to be a uh, one score underdog against Oklahoma State this week. So plenty to bet on from the KU side. Obviously, I don't know if they'll have a lineup for Pitt State, but they'll certainly will for the uh, season opener, the regular season opener, I should say, in another week. Bet online where the game starts. So I want to do some of these superlatives for the KU guard and wing position. And let's start with the best. Who is the best of the bunch? It has to be Jalen Wilson. He's your returning uh, guy from last year who uh, this is technically his fourth year in school. And how often have we seen Bill Self players go from year three to year four? I mean, it, it's funny because we could actually do this for every year. We could point to, you know, oh, Frank Mason from year three to year four went from being an all-conference solid player to being the national player of the year. Devontae Graham went from being an all-conference player as a junior to being a first-team All-American as a senior. Like, there's the growth growth from year three to year four. You could also be like, well, Marcus Morris went from, you know, year two to year three, all of a sudden being a Big 12 player of the year. Thomas Robinson, year two to year three. Like, we can do this with every year because KU's just had so many good players under Bill South that you're going to be able to find an example no matter what you do. But... Certainly, there are a lot of really good examples for guys heading from year three to year four and what they've grown as for KU. And Jalen Wilson has already been a really good player. After he redshirted his first year, comes on as a redshirt freshman and really breaks out at the start of that year. And he was looking like KU's best player at the start of the season. And then things got a little bit different. He was playing a lot of small ball five, which he found advantageous for his game. Uh, David McCormick started playing better, so he's playing more four. And you saw him struggle maybe. Uh, at certain times having some inconsistencies his redshirt freshman year, but still overall have a really good season. And then headed into his redshirt sophomore year last year, he has the off-the-court stuff go down, which causes him to miss the first three games. And it just seemed like he was – and he talked about this. I, I forget if it was uh, Jesse Newell or, or Matt Tate with one of the local papers, the beat writers, that, that wrote about kind of getting into the mind of him that he was kind of struggling to – you know get accustomed to coming off the bench and working back into the lineup. And like you had heard over the off season, he had been one of KU's better players, but because of that off the court suspension, it led to him, you know, starting kind of behind the eight ball and, and struggling to, you feel like you're a hamster on, on one of the wheels where it's like the more and more you run, you're not gaining any ground. And finally, once we got to big 12 play, he was able to kind of reset and be like, it's a brand new season. And over the last 25 games last season, he averaged 13 points, eight rebounds. He led Kansas in scoring against Providence in Sweet 16. He led Kansas in scoring in the national championship game against North Carolina. Uh, the shooting never really came around for him last season. Shot under 30% from three, closer to 25% from the three-point arc. But he was just a grinder. He did a lot of little things for you. Got a lot of big rebounds, found ways to grind his way two points at different points in time. He was really good in transition for you, and he did have a couple outburst games that, that stood out. You could make the argument Kevin McCuller maybe could end up being the best of the wings for KU, maybe even Grady Dick, because the potential is super high for a guy like Grady Dick, especially if he's going to be like a 40% three-point shooter. But I don't think there's any doubts coming into the year for me, that Jalen Wilson is going to be the go-to guy on this team, that he's going to be a Big 12 Player of the Year candidate, and he is the best of the wings in this discussion. Now, the best new wing, man, MJ Rice is, uh, we just had Jason Jordan on on Friday. You can check that out, whether you're watching on YouTube or checking out one of our podcasts, and he really raved about MJ Rice, so that's exciting there. We heard Bill Self, though, talk about that he won't be the same player he is now than when he is in February, so might take him a little bit longer. It wouldn't be surprising if Grady Dick is the best new one 
Uh, you have all the hype with him coming in as this five-star freshman and being a guy that can light it up from downtown and from three, something this team really needs. Wouldn't be shocking if he had like a, a 14, 15 point per game season because of what KU is going to need him to do from the outside. But I think it's going to be Kevin McCuller. He was the best defender last season on the team that finished number one in Ken Palm adjusted defensive efficiency a season ago. So the best player on the best defensive team in the country. It's pretty much the succinct way to put it. You could argue he is the best perimeter defender in the entire country this year. Now, the thing for Kevin McCuller, because he's had kind of injuries all of his years in college, trying to stay healthy. That's going to be very key for him and for KU defensively. He's going to impact a lot in the passing game, on the defensive side of the ball. And he's going to be a good transition scorer. And I think KU is going to do a better job than Texas Tech has of manufacturing him open shots, whether it is in the flow of the offense or if it is something drawn up for him. So I'll go with Kevin McCuller, but it obviously wouldn't be surprised if it was Grady Dick. Who is the X factor? amongst the guard group and by the way i haven't even brought dewan harris up here which he probably should be in discussion for the best player among the guards and the wings as well probably an oversight for me not not bringing him up there um just statistically it probably won't be there but in terms of the importance it probably would be him so if you're saying most valuable you could argue dewan harris he's probably gonna have his ball the ball in his hands more than anybody else on this team and if he is a legit defender that's a nuisance getting two seals per game and getting into the opposing point guard and cutting the head off the snake, so to speak, of the other team. And he's averaging six, seven, eight assists per game. And he's able to hit open shots for you. Like he's going to be probably the most valuable player on the team. Because think about it like this, too. You have all these young players, whether it's the centers, whether it's the wings like Grady Dick and MJ Rice, even newcomers like Kevin McCuller. And you know what a steadying presence and a calming force Dewan Harris can be for those new guys? to kind of get everybody in shape and put them in the right positions, that's going to be huge. The most valuable I'll give to Dewan Harris. You could argue he'd be the X factor as well. But for me, the X factor here in this discussion is Joe Yesifu. Um, if if Joe Yesifu is unable to, to shoot consistently with him being more of an off-ball guy this season, KU might just say, we're just going to stick to like the three-wing lineup a majority of the time, if not all of the time. But if Joe Yesifu is able to come in and, and do what he did his final two or three months at Drake before he transferred to KU and be a guy who's averaging, you know, I, I guess him averaging 20 a game, that probably won't happen this year at KU with all the peace around you. But being a guy who's shooting efficiently, shooting, you know, 45% from the floor, shooting high 30% from three-point range, and not just that. Hitting tough shots, being able to get tough makes for you when the shot clock's winding down or the game is winding down. If he can do those things, he's going to have a serious role on this team, and they will play two of those lead guards next to each other a lot. But if not, you might not see it as much. So he's the biggest X factor, and he can really impact something. Those those late second, the late game shot making, that's something that maybe you have a bit of a question about with KU. Like, I think Jalen Wilson can do it. You think Grady Dick can do it, but you don't know he's a freshman. You need guys who can be able to do that. You had a lot of them last year. Christian Brown could do it. Ochag Baji could do it. Remy Martin could certainly do it. David McCormick could do it in his own way if you got it to him on the block. Obviously, Jalen Wilson. So uh, you need guys that can do that. For me, Joe Yesfu is the X factor. You could argue MJ Rice, I think, here because I, I keep mentioning could be completely different by the time we get to Big 12 play than the start of the season, and uh, that could certainly impact things for KU. Who would be the biggest surprise among the wings. This one is really tough because I'm not sure there's anybody who would be surprising. I guess Bobby Pettiford might be the answer. A guy who uh, at the beginning of last season had some good flashes, including in the season opener against Michigan State, but had to deal with injuries throughout the season. 
Uh, he never made a three over the course of the year. And once he got tossed back in after the injury, it was clear he wasn't still 100%. And he got tossed into some tough situations. I think his first game back was against Iowa State in Allen Fieldhouse. And Iowa State was a great defensive team that would just pressure the heck out of the ball. And that caused him some issues. And I think Bill Self said after the game, like it was kind of unfair to him to put him into the game, but we wanted to try to get him some time and, and you know, kind of test him out and whatnot. Uh, I, I think he could have a really good breakout season where he's your backup point guard for, for Dewan Harris. Maybe they play next to each other a little bit, play some off ball a little bit, plays, I don't know, 12, 15, maybe even 20 minutes per game if it's all working out. And I think that he is very similar to a lot of great KU guards in a certain facet, which is his ability to, th this was something that Frank Mason did really, really well. When he got you on his side, when he got you on his hip or even slightly behind you, it was over because he was able to keep you there, even though he, you know, he was fast, he was quick, he was strong for a guard, but he wasn't the fastest guy. He wasn't the quickest guy. He wasn't the strongest guy. He was able to keep you on his hip with angles and with, I don't know, just the tenacity, whatever it was, just understanding the game. And that's something you see in Bobby Pettiford. When he gets you on your hip or your side, like he's able to get to the rim. And uh, that's something that's been really, I guess, profitable for, for KU guards under Bill Self in the past. Now, the widest range of outcomes among the guards in the wings. I think for me, it has to be MJ Rice. You can convince me that it all clicks for him. A guy who has all the athleticism in the world, a guy who can be a streaky shooter and can hit tough buckets for you. Those are things that could be helpful for, for Kansas this season. And if it all works, you can convince me MJ Rice is playing 25, 30 minutes per game. That he's this big switchable wing that's athletic. He's a terror in transition. He gets you some tough buckets. He plays good defense. You could also convince me that you know, if you have 120 minutes to give out between the two, three, and four positions, if 30-something goes to Jalen, 30-something goes to McCuller, 30 goes to Grady Dick, now you're looking at only 25 to 30 minutes being available for everybody else with K.J. Adams, M.J. Rice, and playing a off-guard with either Bobby Pettiford or, or Joe Yesifu. So in that situation, if M.J. Rice doesn't see the season click for him and you have all these other guys playing a lot of minutes, Maybe he is only playing 15 minutes a game and he he you know struggles shooting the ball and, and he is someone that you feel like is still going to have an excellent career in his time in college basketball and at Kansas and eventually is going to be a pro, but maybe that just doesn't hit right away. So I think there is a big wide range of outcomes for maybe MJ Rice this season. All right, in just a minute, we are going to take a look and switch gears over to the football side at the Oklahoma State game this Saturday in Lawrence. Keep it locked on right here on Locked on Jayhawks. And if you're on YouTube, you can uh, subscribe. Make sure to like all of our videos. If you could, feel free to comment. And uh, if you have any questions, you can hit us up on YouTube. You can hit me up at D Johnson Radio as well. KU takes on Oklahoma State on the football field on Saturday. 2.30 kick. It was a late announcement for the kickoff time. And uh, obviously, you can hear it on KLWN and Lawrence. You know, this is going to be a very interesting game. Uh, you have the, the quarterback injury question for both teams right is Jalen Daniels this the week he's going to come back we had Pete Thamel the report a couple weeks ago saying that was the target date but you don't know how things worked off the bye and if Jalen's actually going to start this week if he doesn't Jason Bean's been good but there is a little bit difference in the processing between the two now what about Oklahoma State they have their own quarterback questions or, or worries with injury you look at Spencer Sanders who has been Really good this season. He had some turnover issues his past couple of years, but overall he was a dynamic player. This year, 
he would just seem to be taking even the next step, but kind of dealing with injuries all throughout the season, banged up, playing through some stuff. And then against Kansas State, he has an injury that takes him out of the game. And I don't know if it was just something where Oklahoma State said, you know, we're not going to worry about trying to push him back into the game because we're losing by so much to Kansas State, or if it was a combo both, or if it was just the injuries that bad, if it's going to keep him out this week. I'm not sure what the deal is there. If he can't go, the backup QB for Oklahoma State uh, looked a little spooked in that game against the Wildcats. And you see the betting line that came out early in this one. I thought it was going to be around like 10 points, even after they lost by 48, because I thought before the K-State game, I thought the line was going to be somewhere between maybe 10 at the low end, maybe like 13, 14 points. And then after they got blown out, I figured it'd be somewhere around six to eight points, somewhere in that range. It opened up around three, which may be indicative of what, I don't know, Vegas thinks is going to happen with Spencer Sanders maybe not being able to play in this game and how that could really. So, I mean, you could have a huge boost for Kansas. Jalen Daniels plays and Spencer Sanders does not, or if Spencer Sanders plays and Jason Bean um, plays for for Kansas instead of Jalen Daniels. I do think that Sanders playing versus Bean is closer than if Daniels plays versus Sanders not. Like, there's a wider gap there. That would be in a positive way for KU because Bean, I think, is a better backup than what Oklahoma State has. Um, so that'll be kind of the key question all week long. But you look at Oklahoma State, their team that has put up a lot of points this year. They had a dominant, dominant, dominant defense last season in the Big 12, but they lost so many players. They had a bunch of guys who were fourth, fifth, sixth-year seniors on that defense, and they lost a bunch to graduation and to the NFL and whatnot, like you see Malcolm Rodriguez and some others having success in the NFL. And they just have kind of struggled on that end this season. You give up. Uh, I forget what it was in regulation, but through overtime, 40-whatever, 43 to TCU. You give up 48 to Kansas State. You give up 34, and you get down early to Texas. Kansas is going to have an opportunity to score in this game. And, yes, the Oklahoma State game has been a little bit like the Baylor series of late where they have kind of dominated, but there have actually been more games in there that have been maybe a little bit closer than you would think. There was a game a handful of years ago where I think it was tied, and Tyreek Hill had like a kickoff return touchdown and they ended up beating Kansas by seven or ten points. So there has been some some close-ish games in this series, and who knows, maybe Vegas is saying this is one of KU's most winnable games remaining, and after the way they lost to Kansas State, I don't know which way that makes you feel. I don't know if that makes you feel like, oh, great, now they're going to be pissed off, now they're going to be upset, now they're going to be playing extra angry because they're trying to bounce back from last week, or if that tells you that this team has serious problems and that Kansas should be able to exploit some things that Kansas State did. You can look at it one way or the other. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Jayhawks. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to be joined by Nick Schwert, and we're going to talk some more KU basketball. We're actually going to do some uh, KU basketball season props, so that should be a fun one. If you have anything you'd like for the show to talk about or want to follow along on the action, you can reach out at D Johnson Radio on Twitter. You can comment here on the YouTube page. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, whether it's on YouTube or anywhere that you get your podcasts with Locked on Jayhawks. That'll do it for today's episode. Have a good rest of your day. I'll see some of you on Rock Chalk Sports Talk later today.